a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix and an hour ago I just finished doing two hours filling in for John Stadmiller where we did lots of Cutting Through the Matrix and by some good callers uh, asking about uh, different subjects that have to do with this reality of ours that we swallow so readily because there's all the experts from the big experts those with the white coats and who use scientific terminology to bamboozle us tell us that all mammals, all mammals, including humans, look towards their parents to inform them or warn them of what is dangerous to them. And if your parents don't know, then you'll never figure it out, or very, very, very seldom do you do. You always know there's something wrong when you run up against the brick walls that happen to be invisible most of the time. But when you run up against them, you find out really... Uh, all these institutions that are there that you think are there to help you or to guide you or whatever, uh, they're not what you thought they were at all. They're completely different. They have different different functions. So this is the 12th of November, 2007. For newcomers, look into my site, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, uh, for lots of free downloadable stuff on the histories of the system. And it's good to see now there are, there are videos coming out using a lot of my stuff even from 10 years ago on the ancient histories and incorporating them, including the meanings that I put out there of the various words. Uh, so that means it's getting out there, even though they don't mention where they got the info. And also look into Alan Watt, sentinel.eu for downloadable transcripts in the languages of Europe and Scandinavia. I still call them through different places, even though they're all united now in the European Union. The people really didn't have any say in the matter, but we never really did, did we? Even when they drew borders in previous times and said, you, you lot are now called this and you lot are called that, uh, that was done by kings and queens. And sometimes they gave you lot away in a dowry. So your whole country was given away with you on it because you were just a commoner. Commoners breed commonly. They, they don't pick... Uh, for specific purposes, their mate, they, they run on hormones, and that's quite natural. But the big boys, you see, they run on a different system, and their system is to do with genealogies. Genealogies. Everything starts with the gene, genesis, and so on, you see. Gene of Isis. Everything runs on, on genealogies, and, and good breeding is what they used to call it in the, the old British system. Good breeding. And you were told to mind your place if you were a villain, a villain actually meant you were simply a commoner. And at that time, uh, not so long ago actually, in the 1700s, uh, there was no laws in place in European countries to stop the poor old commoners being killed by noblemen 
who had a bad hair day and just lost it and killed you in a field or wherever you happened to be working. There was no laws whatsoever uh, to bring that person to trial because you were a non-entity. You were just a thing, an object that was bought and sold with the land. And here we are watching the same system going on, with, but our perceptions have been distorted by indoctrinations indoctrinations that your parents had before you and your grandparents too the grandparents were a bit more savvy on things they knew the changes in their day they didn't have all the heavy inoculations that we got to dumb us all down they didn't have the intense indoctrinations in school either and we're back with more of this after the following messages distortions thinking it's all quite real 
and we're taught that society just evolved up to the present stage that we're at, uh, tripping over the occasional stone on the way, falling down, getting up and all that, and that problems happen spontaneously, nothing is ever foreseen, and yet nothing is further from the truth, because every major thing that happens in the world to do with wars, etc., takes years and years of planning before they ever start and off the ball or, or roll the ball out and, have it and kick it around. They plan everything years in advance. And we can go back to even Teller, uh, this mad scientist that wanted a lot of brownie points at the Pentagon, who wanted to spray the whole world with uh, barium uh, salts and, and aluminum oxide salts and use harp technology across whole continents to subdue the people. And lo and behold, we're seeing it done today. Meanwhile, those who run HARP, you know, the, the military, again, the military establishment, this industrial military complex, uh, claim they just built them to admire. They like to take photographs of those big things that they build, you see, big projects. They want to just admire them and, and just do a little experiments on the ionosphere. Uh, meanwhile, we're all seeing the spraying across the skies. We have been for 10 years, at least the ones who I uh, can still see. The blind will never see because they're too busy looking to La La Land and they look at the sidewalk and the pavement or their feet, but they don't bother looking up. And that's a surprise to most of us to find out there are people in the world that never in their lives have looked up. Therefore, they have no memories of how clouds used to look. And, and you know, the elite obviously knew this, but no wonder they've had cameras in big cities for long before we were told about them. Observing the public, psychology departments use these, these, uh, this footage over 40, 50 years to show you how people react in certain situations by covertly observing the public. And that's what they do. They put cameras up and they record movements and incidents and so on and see how we respond to things because they have to understand our behavior in order to modify that behavior. And it's an old science. So most folk they knew would never catch on that they're being sprayed from the sky like bugs, like you'd spray uh, some roach killer on the roaches. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And people are coming down with all kinds of ailments because aluminum oxide, apart from making you rather stupid, that's the stuff they also put in youth, uh, toothpaste and call it fluoride, um, and affect your brains. That was in the medical journal in Britain in 1973, uh, The Lancet. It talks about the fact that those with Alzheimer's always have large concentrations of aluminum in their brain, aluminum oxide, etc. So they know exactly what they're doing. But it also has the other effect is Teller, the scientist, Teller, the H-bomb man, man who, who loved big bombs and big explosions and who was well paid to make them. Uh, he wanted to spray the sky with the stuff and then use harp or scalar technology, as it's also called, to pulse across the atmosphere. And with the, these metallic salts in the atmosphere, the atmosphere would be more conducive, like an electric circuit and then with the metallic particles, and it would travel further, be more effective. However, there's another part to that too, because the longer it's done, the more is absorbed by the people down below, and you're absorbing these metallic particles, and the harp can actually hit you much harder. You're like a walking antenna. So we're watching that, at least the ones that see with eyes to see, the blind must be left in the land of the blind. You can't make people wake up that decide not to. It's much more happy 
stay, to stay in the la-la land and believe that your betters are taking care of you and doing all, making all the right decisions for you. Uh, that's the socialist system. They said that that's what they meant at the top by socialism, not what the guys at the bottom thought. Socialism was designed uh, really during the industrial era to deal with the mass man and woman, the masses, and how to control masses of people, not to help any particular individual. The individual only finds that out that it doesn't work when they need the help of the associations that thinks out there to help them, the safety nets. It's not to help people at all. This system is about economics and control and power. And it's control by a few down through the ages who interbreed like crazy. And even if they, in the past, if they got one or two offspring out of ten that was half savvy, meaning they're not done under by intense interbreeding or deformed, they were quite happy because that one was pretty well guaranteed to be fairly physically fit and have the acuity of thought necessary to be a good psychopath. And psychopaths are not worried. They don't worry about things. They're very cool. In fact, they can't handle frustration. They must get rid of their frustration rather quickly, unload it out there, unload it on someone else and make them work through all the hassles. That's what psychopaths are good at. But they do enjoy pleasure and they enjoy power over people. Power makes them feel safe. And some theories say that these people are, have tremendous fear in them. I don't believe so. I really don't believe that. They might have a fear, a natural fear, no more than the average person, of, of other forces, other powers taking uh, over uh, or stepping into their little world and taking their power away. But I don't think they run on fear whatsoever. It's not a fear-based thing. No matter how it's tried to rationalize, uh, these psychopaths uh, go on slaughtering campaigns in the past. They're doing it now too, although they use other ones to do it for them. They do use the youth of today uh, the young guys who aren't too bright, who haven't learned much in the world, they're too young to learn, uh, won't be until they hit about 30 or 40, they'll start thinking and questioning anything in life. Uh, right now they're full of hormones, they've been brought up on video games, and now they're given the real weapons to go off and bash people, and they're doing a good job of it, they enjoy it. And uh, they get rather vicious when one of their own eventually is killed, and so they go out and slaughter a bunch of, of those guys over there. The guys that they're taught are somehow subhuman because you always do that in wartime. You must dehumanize the enemy and bring them down to the stage of an animal. And the footage is now coming out of the Middle East of our brave young boys over there uh, kicking and booting people out of their homes, children and women too. Uh, it wouldn't make you too proud, I don't think. At least I'd hope it would make you proud regardless of, of what Uncle Sam does or John Bull. John Bull, of course, is just Britain's version of Uncle Sam for Britain. And that's what's happening in the world. We're living in a plundering society run by dominant elites and large families, in fact, all connected, interconnected, intermarried, and they have been for a long time. And they run all religions, all major religions, they are at the top of all major religions. And there are many, many guesses as to where their origins came from. What is interesting is that their main MO all comes from Egypt, like pyramids and so on, and obelisks and all that kind of stuff. 
And it is true that they started to, to bring in the middle classes into their system to be the lower helpers to ensure their system would work. And that was called Freemasonry. We're on a roll today as they, they go across the Middle East and they hope eventually to take on Iran this winter. If they do, your oil will go through the roof, probably as planned. And uh, Mr. Rumsfeld himself said over a year ago, he says, when we can break the psychological $50 barrel uh, oil, oil barrel uh, mark, he said, the sky's a limit. Don't be, uh, don't be surprised if oil doubles in a year's time. And now we're almost hitting a $100 a barrel. What did he know that we didn't know back then? He's a good guesser, right? We back out of these messages. Red hair and blue eyes. 
Yeah, um, uh, not so, so much uh, that. No, the, the, um, um, we know all the stories that we've been given down through the ages, and uh, this is in some of my older books too. I talked about the Viking. The Vikings is coding for six kings. V-I is Roman numerals for six kings. And that's what it means, just like the Rothschilds were five kings sent out to take over. The, Vic- the Vikings were the same thing. There was, there was six, six sons or five sons sent out from under their king to basically go into different parts of Europe. But no one's explained this particular branch because I don't think they came really from the, the Northlands originally anyway. Um, we, we know that for a fact. Uh, the system came, um, is much, much older, came from the Middle East. Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating uh, because you know, um, you know all the uh, cliches about people with uh, red hair. You know, yeah. And uh, sometimes I wonder, you know, how true they are. You know, quick temper. Yeah. All of these things. You know, these. You know, my ancestors are from Ireland. Yeah. And uh, you know, sometimes I wonder if uh, I'm exhibiting these psychopathic traits. Well, losing the temper isn't a psychopathic thing. It's more temperamental. Uh, the psychopaths are doing it in a different fashion altogether. Uh, they tend to, to have other people acting the tantrums, and they sit back after causing arguments. They stand back and watch it. That's how the psychopath works. So it's different from the psychopath. Now, we do know uh, that even in ancient times, and they've dug up uh, some of the, the buried tombs at, at Sumer and different places, Ur, etc., and they've found... Uh, that the kings and queens wore black wigs that were made from the hair of local people, but that those kings and queens themselves uh, actually had reddish or blondish hair. That's quite a mystery. And you find the same thing in some of the tombs of Egypt. Men, there were many generations of people coming and going and being pharaohs in Egypt over thousands of years, but some of them had uh, statues with blue eyes and green eyes and a lighter hair as well. And the wigs that they wore were found in their tombs as well, made from the local hair of the people they ruled over. So it's, a, it's an odd combination. But if you go back into Egypt too, you'll find that often the pharaohs, just like the Vatican, the main army around uh, the nobility, around their, their, their capitals, the army that they employed generally came from outside the land, and they often employed uh, um, blonde hair type armies. And that's also in the, the old history books. That's just fascinating, this whole eugenics program that's been going on for a long, long time. Anyway, uh, thanks for your show, and uh, I'll talk to you again. Thanks. Thanks for calling. So, yeah, we're living in in, in quite the the history indeed. And also in ancient Egypt, you'll find that uh, even though it was turned to the red heifer, eventually in Egypt and copied widely, by those that uh, when Egypt moved out and people, the nobility of Egypt moved out of Egypt eventually. And uh, before it was a red heifer that actually used to kill, sacrifice once a year, a red haired man to the gods, the perfect looking young youth that represented the offspring. So they sacrificed uh, to the God. So uh, now I think we have Jeff and Iowa on the line. Can you hang on? I'll be back after these messages.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, cutting through the Matrix, this Matrix, very old Matrix indeed, although they do upgrade it like a good program every so often, and that's what they're in process now, is upgrading everything and us as well. And I think we had, uh, Jeff, was it Jeff in Iowa on the line? That's correct. Yes, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm surviving under this awful weather. <laughs> yeah, it is awful. Uh, I think I'm in this. <clears throat> one of the spray capitals of the world here. Yes. Yeah, a lot. They've, well, the one thing I've kind of noticed is they're starting to bring it down. Um, last week, Wednesday and Thursday were real bad, and I could have counted windows on the fuselage if it had had windows. Yes. And well, they might as well because you see, most folk they know, most folk are not even noticing them. Yeah, that's that's really an amazing fact. And I did a little. I was moving <clears throat> someone. And, I did a little experiment um, of sorts. I'd, I stood out, and there was lots of joggers. It was a college town, joggers and bikers and so forth. And, and just knowing me from my past, if I saw somebody out kind of curious looking at something, I'd want to know what they were looking at as a natural curiosity. So they were doing – it was just a, a big-time job up there. And so I stood out by the sidewalk, very obvious, with my arm at length, with my hand in front of the sun, and I'd look at people. Someone would look at me. No one looked up. And one interesting thing, one guy riding a bike started to look up, and his head actually jerked down. Yes. And he went on. So um, uh, it's a good – I'm kind of glad that you mentioned um, Huxley's Brave New World Revisited because that, that, they could kind of rename that book, you know, How We Brainwash the Schmucks. Yes, basically and um there's one sentence in the second chapter um it's the first sentence in the book and it kind of tells the mindset of the people or at least of him and it's in the brave new world of my fantasy eugenics and dysgenics were practiced systematically you know he doesn't call it a plan a hope it's his fantasy yeah yeah well they do have wild dreams i must admit these guys but they, unfortunately they have the power and the wealth, because they are the wealth. They give us what they say is wealth, and they own most of it. So they have the wealth to carry it out, and they certainly have been doing it. Um, and I really do go into the inoculations. I've come to pretty well suspect that the inoculation uh, process was a hoax from the beginning, especially if you go into the British medical records in the 1800s and watch them experimenting with thousands of people and watching them all come down with the very diseases they're supposed to have been trying to preventing. And then when you read uh, the fact that um, uh, Mr. Salk, S-A-L-K, the polio vaccine hero, uh, just happened to be the top eugenicist uh, that worked for the Rockefeller Eugenics Society, the American Eugenics Society, uh, before that, and his main theme before he became famous was to bring the population down by every known method. And lo and behold, he dons a white coat and is launched as a superstar to help dying people. Uh, I'm very suspicious indeed. Well, I would agree with that 100%. As a matter of fact, um, it kind of appears that when you get along polio and 
I haven't studied it that much, but it almost appears that all they did was rename the disease. That's right. Now you get meningitis and cephalitis. Yeah, and there's ALS that that, really, yep. that mimics the symptoms, and the end symptom is you suffocate because you lose that motor control. That's right. And, and it has been published that, that what we do know was in that particular shot, the shots that were giving out uh, were over 100 monkey or simian viruses, live viruses, live viruses of all things, and we know that the simian 40 virus is admitted, and he knew it at the time too, because I've got the documentary here where he was talking about it. He knew that the only function that virus had was to create tumors, cancers. Yeah, and I think uh, <clears throat> basically, and this goes along the lines of what a lot of people have said on the show, but um, I, the, the best thing that anybody could do is basically just stop watching television. Yes. Period, and you will, even though I never watch very much of it. But I completely shut down for two or three years, and you can feel a difference. Yes, and especially if you go back and watch it again, you can kind of feel how it affects the brain. Um, there was a uh, a quote. A gentleman wrote some articles. His name was L. Wolf, I think, <clears throat> and he quotes Hal Becker, who worked in a futures group in Connecticut. Have you read any of his work? I probably have. Yeah, um, he spent more than 20 years, um, uh, and his job was basically mind control. And a quote from him is, he said, I know the secret of making the average American believe anything I want him to. Just let me control television. The Americans are wired into their television sets. Over the last 30 years, they have come to look at their television sets, and the images on the screen as reality, which you've mentioned. Yeah, put something on television and it becomes reality. It must be true. It's on TV. Yep. Yeah, and if the world outside, and this is what people do, if the world outside the television set contradicts the images, people start changing the world to make it more like the images and sounds of their television. Because its influence is so great, so pervasive, it has become part of our lives. You lose your sense of what is being done to you, but your mind is being shaped and molded. Always. That's right. And Bertrand Russell said there's no nonsense so errant, mean errant, that it cannot be made the creed or belief of the vast majority by adequate government action. And, and that's so they an knew they could do it a long time ago. Yeah, and I think when they, were, when they basically had the science down, that's when television was brought out. Yes. And, and also, my opinion. Uh, talking about the spring, though, and uh, I was talking about the tranquilizing effect it has on people, too, and how they start having memory loss and so on. People should check into, it's called Defense Technology International, November 2007. It says, a new drug that stops the enemy's will to fight on page 25. People should look into that. Defense Technology International, November 2007, page 25. So this stuff can be sprayed or whatever, and you think they're not doing it because Rumsfeld said that on television right after 9-11 when he was asked by a reporter, what will we do if other cities get hit in the future and there's massive panic? He says, we have aerosolized Valium and Prozac ready to spray over huge areas, and that's when it hit me. They're actually doing it as well. Amongst all this barium and aluminum oxide mix, they're putting tranquilizers in too. And you would do the same thing if you were the military coordinators at the top. You would, do every, you would use everything in your arsenal to bring the public through an old system that's ingrained in them, even though it wasn't really their system, but it was what they're used to, into a new system, a new feudal system, 
of serfdom where you are born only as a job for you if they need you to have a duty and to serve the state. That's what Huxley said and others said the same thing. And that's also the tenet of the, of the Council on Foreign Relations and the Royal Institute for International Affairs. You will have a duty to serve, and they're talking about the world state. Yeah, yeah and if people read the first global revolution, there's a lot more in that book than I thought there was. I won't get into yeah, any of it. <laughs> yeah, the, you read the, the main quote about ecology, and then, you, and then you get into other things, and they basically tell you what your world's going to be like. Yes, I won't go over go over that at this time, but there's a couple things that I may do later. But the last thing, basically, is a couple of years ago, I volunteered to be to try to be hypnotized uh-huh. at a Christmas party, which was quite an astonishing experience. Yeah, and I learned a lot about that because afterwards I read Huxley's speech, and I have to read the rest of it. I never got past the hypnotism and the placebo. Yeah. But I had the only, I've never been to a show, so I envisioned, you know, he's going to try and relax you and talk to you and so forth. And 12 or 15 people got up there and sat down. He said, okay, close your eyes. And then he didn't say relax. And immediately I started thinking, well, this is kind of funny. What's going on? Then he started talking to the audience. And I'm just, the wheels are just flying around at 100 miles an hour. And I'm going, what, does, what is this guy doing? How, do, how does anyone get hypnotized? I close my eyes and he talks to the audience. You know, big deal. Yeah. And so about 15 seconds into that, I looked around, um, and there was a lady to my left that was just sitting up with her eyes open. And then I looked to my right, and there were several people that looked like they just passed out. Their heads were slumped. They were just mush. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that with Huxley's speech is that those are the people that wear their red, support the troops, search every shirts every Friday. Yep. They have the buzz cut. They take the they take whatever comes down from above them and execute it. They don't ever question it. They don't ever alter it. Yes. You know, and it's those you can watch those people to see what's being pushed. And That's right. You see, they're, they've already they're showing they're wearing their indoctrination. They're wearing the the, the suggestibility that functions within them. And that's what Huxley said. He said. 60% of the public are instantly suggestible or hypnotizable. 20% more, with a little bit more work, it will come under. It's the, it's the other 20% that can be the problem. And so they knew that test, for, again, from Tavistock Institute a long time ago, and they've repeated it on vast amounts of the population. You've got to remember, too, that big psychological test they did in the United States when they did War of the Worlds over radio uh, with Wells, that was Orson Welles, the actor, narrating it, and uh, and they, they had people panicking in different American cities, and uh, some people even shot at big water towers, thinking thinking that was the aliens coming down their spaceships, and and there was panics, and people died smashing cars into each other to try to get out, and it was announced only a few years ago that was a psychological test, uh, a psyops operation, and with the Pentagon. Uh, funding it, and the psychological staff at Princeton University who had worked it out and, and written the script. Yeah, it was amazing following those people that, that went under right away. And, yeah. and basically what I think is I don't think he hypnotized anyone from, for the most part. They were already gone when they walked up on stage. Yes. That's my opinion. Because yeah, well, that's what you see, too. Uh, for, for many people, uh, there's almost a wanting to, to go under or cooperate with the, and, and you see, most of the people, remember, are followers. They want to cooperate. They want to be goody two-shoes, and they're the ones that bring teacher and apple. Uh, they want to be approved and accepted. 
and uh, they often have have um, they're not too sure about themselves. Uh, they haven't a tremendous ego, so they want to cooperate, and that's the bulk of the public. Yeah, and they know this now. The CIA and FBI and high quarters and uh, can hypnotize people just by standing at a bar and talking to you, and you don't realize you're going under. Uh, and they teach some of this in high advertising schools too. That's where a lot of this stuff really came out from, is at advertising schools. That's why uh, Bertrand Russell says we must get the big advertisers on board with this system because they understand the process of the mind and how, what people want and how to make them want things and how to do things and change their behavior. And, uh, and you'll find in advertising, a good salesman will come up and he'll stand the same way as you were standing. He'll, he'll watch your gestures and he'll, he'll give you a mirror image of yourself and, and his hand will be where your hand is. He'll, he'll see the little things that you say, like, not like, yeah, and so he'll copy these things or, you know, and he'll copy that. And you'll feel that you've known this guy forever. You'll see he's so familiar with his copying you. And that's what they do. And it works. Yeah, that's amazing. The, the way he told us, uh, the way he... You could tell if you're hypnotized. Is he basically went and looked through your eyes because when he looked into me, you know, and you can tell by looking at people's eyes a little bit yeah. if they're in that kind of a mode. Yeah. But um, I have I have this one question though. Let somebody else in there. Um, you had a caller from California once that said he was ha having overflights. He moved to the country. Yeah. And then he saw, and then he noticed high altitude anomalies. Mm-hmm. And I've actually seen two of those because I'll read out outside and then sometimes I'll just look up and kind of gaze and twice I noticed one I thought was a star that was moving it was definitely an orbital orbital altitude it was a small white dot it changed the direction two or three times and it wasn't yep. a curve when it changed the directions it was a sharp angle mm -hmm. and I don't know what that was and then the next time it looked like it was a plane it was <clears throat> it was higher than the spray altitude yeah, uh, kind of hard to tell at night, but I was following it, and it just—I'm looking at it, and it was gone. It disappeared. Yeah, these have been around since at least the 1950s, and it's high, very high-flying stuff. Bill Cooper did a video on Area 51, the military complex, where they test all this aircraft, and he got footage of them coming out the ground, underground hangars, and doing just that. These things can move and stop on a dime from incredibly fast speeds. But you take the altitude they're at—that means they're very fast. And they're rather huge as well, and uh, and they can stop my dime and do right angles and all the rest of it is quite amazing. I've seen them all my life, those things, and watched them because I study astronomy. And yeah, uh, they're, they're made here on Earth because they use advanced sciences and keep it quiet from the public. They roll the stealth bomber out every year, a new version, and tell us that's the best they've got, which is <laughs> how easy it is to fool us. Oh, I know. If you if you just go back and look at the articles that they talk about, you know that. And even in the shape of things to come, he mentioned that just in, in business and manufacturing, he said, yeah, the technology is 25 to 50 years ahead. Yeah. Just in that area. And that was an admission in that book. And I don't think they're, you know, I think that was basically a statement of fact. Yes. And he was just talking about business. He wasn't talking about the military and he wasn't talking about the high technology. Yeah, whatever the public's given or shown is completely obsolete at the top. That's how, how, how it is. The oddest thing that the, the second one did <clears throat> is I picked it up again, and this bright white flash came out of the side of it. It looked yeah. like it was out of the side, and I, I have no idea what that was. Yeah, these things, again, are just above the, 
the ionosphere and they, they catch the sunlight uh, hitting them, even though it's dark, they're up there and they'll, they'll reflect sunlight down, they catch the rays, and as they turn, they'll often give that flash uh, from it, yeah. yeah. I just wonder what they're doing up there. <laughs> yes. Well, they're advanced uh, sciences, um, they're very quiet, these things are pretty silent, and they've, they've had them at least since the 50s that I know of, and probably before. Because real sciences for total control is, is always kept from the publics uh, and from their knowledge. As I say, they roll out the stealth bomber and tell you that's the best. They'll give you a new machine gun for the troops and say that's the best we have, ball and powder, for a thousand years, like ha-ha. And so, no, it, it's, uh, they actually have uh, technologies they haven't shown the public yet. I hope they never have to use them. If they do, it will be on the public. And even Tesla, the great Tesla that everyone has, has been, has been made a hero, his main job was to find ways of knocking out entire cities by using scalar technology for warfare purposes. Well, that, that kind of tells you that something was written down before because they didn't discover um, scalar technology in the 19-teens, I don't think. No, they didn't. And, and, uh, and Tesla himself could not have jumped so many steps that hadn't been done yet on the lower level of science of, of creating capacitors and, and basically transistors, etc., to make this thing work. And, and as far as you have to wonder about older civilizations because in, in the work by Bacon, the new Atlantis, as you stated, he goes yeah. through genetics and so forth. But there's one yeah. thing you, in there. You couldn't that dream that up. You could not dream that up in the age of sailing ships and canvas sails in the horse and cart. No, not uh, in the 1500s. You could not have dreamt up that stuff. No, yeah. and I talked and I said, well, the nuclear energy, well, maybe it's extrapolation of the sun, but there's one thing in there there's no answer for. He, he describes a laser perfectly. Yeah, he also describes something that gives off the light of the sun and powers the whole underground complex. And that's nuclear. Yep, so yep. That's, that, was, that had been around before. Yeah. So, okay, well, thanks a lot, Alan. I do appreciate it. And just a note to everybody, you know, buy the books. Okay, thanks for calling. Back after the following messages. I'm Alan Watt, coming through the Matrix, and I've got three callers already fit in very quickly. So I'll, go, I'll have to ask the callers to be quick. There's Mark from Massachusetts. Are you there, Mark? Alan, Mark? hi. How are you doing? Not so bad. Hey, good show tonight. Uh -huh. Listen, um, I just wanted to follow up on something a caller mentioned earlier about television and, and uh, its addictive property. It's where everybody goes to get their information now, obviously. Intel came out with a chip, they announced it today, that's going to make the quality of Google and YouTube video, you know, Internet video, as good as what you see on television now. Yeah. yeah. Um, could you speak to that a little bit? Because, you know, of course, you know, like myself, so many people have watched your videos on Google and YouTube, mm -hmm. and I'm wondering how long it will be before... You know, your voice and, 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 and so many other important voices are pushed aside. Well, what I do know is that the big media companies, now the big media companies, you think they're all separate, but really they're not. There's two types of shareholders. There's always Class A and B. The ones that the Class A don't sell their shares. They control, and it's all the same bankers and all the rest of it that own it. The Class B shares are sold off to the general public, 
And so there, there really are, there, there's no real um, separate media at the, at the top, but they're all playing right now and putting bids in to take over and, be, and actually own all the main servers. So they want to give you the same standard news over the Internet and eventually control all the Internet. That's happening right now. Yeah. And do you think they'll hang on for a while, though, to that kind of distinction so that when you go for, like when a young person... Uh, all they have to do is, is make it more, put more bells and whistles to fascinate everybody, distract them, and so they can go ooh and ah and uh, give them a super wide screen or something like that, and yeah. it makes everything else obsolete. Yeah, it was good while it lasted, though, right? The Internet felt like uh, something yeah. for rebels, didn't it? That's right. All right, thanks, Alan. Thanks for calling. Now, Ken in Texas, you there, Ken? Hey, Alice, Ken down Fort Worth, how you doing? Hey, I'd be quick. Hey, tonight on 360 Anderson, they're going to be talking about UFO stuff. They have some kind of a conference in D.C.? Uh, the, the UFO stuff is Looney Tunes. There's all that stuff's made here. But anyway, it's going to be on Anderson Cooper tonight. Another thing is... Well, regardless, regardless, I don't want to hear about the, 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 what you're trying to push here. The fact is, this alien stuff was also an idea dreamed up by the Club of Rome to make you think it's from out there. Well, it was on CNN. They showed if, pictures. Hey, well, there's thing lots is, of pictures. We've had pictures for years of them. And as I say, even the BBC did a documentary in the 70s of them coming out the ground at Area 51 in the oh, yeah. military establishment where they make them. Hey, you know, are you following this uh, Leo Wanta story? No. Hey, uh, Google uh, Christopher Story, and he's got Christopher Story right now, and you can uh, read his reports about Listen, uh, uh, Citibank the and Leo Wanta and what's going almost on. Up here. I'm sorry? I'll off to James in Queensland. Are you there, James? James? Charles, I'll keep it quick. Um, I'm just wondering about the chemtrails in Australia. Do you know of anything that's happening here? Because I can't see it at all. Uh, I know I've gotten reports from some of the, the big cities to the east there. They're getting sprayed. I've had a lot of photographs sent to me, in fact, from them. And some of them are getting pretty worried about it. Okay. So uh, some of them are definitely getting sprayed over there, depending on your area. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm near Brisbane, and um, I haven't seen any planes. I actually live very close to a major airbase for the state, and uh, there's nothing I can see, but I'm not doubting and Also, Also, watch for them coming in in the early morning, because they often spray outside the cities and let it blow over the main cities. Oh, and when okay. you see the shapes of them coming in before they all merge, you, you can still tell. Thanks very much. Thanks for calling. For myself and Hamish up in... A rainy Ontario, Canada, it's good night and may your God or your gods go with you.